The fundamental question here is who gets to build, own, and operate all of this new high-voltage transmission that's needed? With more and more clean energy being produced, the need is growing for transmission lines to deliver all that energy to people. And the debate about who will get to build these lines is heating up. Jeffrey Tomich wrote about this in the ongoing battle for E&E News, and he joins me now. Hey, Jeff, welcome to ClimateCast. Thanks for having me. So can you briefly describe what's at the center of this debate right now regarding these transmission projects? If you go back a little more than a decade, incumbent utilities had the right to build all new transmission in their service territories. In 2011, federal regulators changed that, and they said, the best way and the cheapest way to get these new lines built is to open this market to competition. And this is a landmark rule. And when they adopted this, one thing they did was they left the door open for states to enact their own right of first refusal laws if they so chose. And Minnesota was among the first states to do that. So what's happening with these right of first refusal laws? Can you explain what that is and let us know what's going on there? The question, again, goes back to do the incumbent utilities like an Excel Energy in Minnesota Power get the right to build any of these new lines that cross in their service area? Or do we open this market to competition with the idea being that perhaps we can do this at a lower cost? Got it. And, and what's the case on both sides? So the utility argument is we know our service areas best. We have relationships with the landowners, with the labor unions. We're vested in these communities and we have something at stake and we're best suited to do this work. The competitive developer will argue, on the other hand, this is economics 101. If you introduce multiple bidders, you get the best price and we can save consumers, you know, in some cases, tens, if not hundreds of millions of dollars overall. So what's changed now? Is it this proliferation of wind and solar that we're seeing more of these conversations around these laws? Correct. That's, that's a big part of what's going on because the entity that operates the regional power grid in the Midwest has already approved $10 billion of new power lines last year, and they're on the verge of probably sometime early next year approving another $20 billion. So the Dakotas have also passed right of first refusal bills. Iowa passed one a few years ago. It's sort of an, an open issue in Wisconsin, which saw a bill last year uh, that was hotly debated. Michigan in recent years, Texas and Kansas, Oklahoma, uh, Missouri, Indiana have all been debating bills in recent months. Unlike some of the other states where utilities are trying to pass these laws, Minnesota has had a law in the books for years, and there was a bill introduced to repeal that right of first refusal provision and therefore open up to competition to this area of transmission development. How do these debates shape our transition to a clean energy future? I think nationally, what folks who've done some of the economic modeling have determined is we're going to need something like a 3x increase in transmission capacity nationally to be able to accommodate all the new wind and solar um, sites, many of which are being built in new areas where there previously was not a power plant, so there are no power lines connecting them to the grid. So it's a, it's a huge issue if we want to tackle climate change moving forward. Jeffrey Tomich, reporter for E&E News, thanks for sharing your perspective on ClimateCast today. Sure, thanks for having me. That's ClimateCast. I'm NPR Chief Meteorologist Paul Hutton.